Hey guys. Morning. Morning. All, all right. right? Yeah, I said all right as well. Jinx. Jinx. Should we get on with it? Little fingers or something, aren't we? Are we? That for good luck. No. I don't. I don't know. We didn't do that in Bracknell. Oh. We just said jinx, and then you have to be quiet. Yeah. Should we get on? Yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. We apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down the toilet is not a, not a very good idea. Did you ever watch that programme, uh, Hunted, on Channel yes. 4? Yes, that Did was you brilliant. Did see the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him at the funny Yes, that was brilliant. Hello! Hello. I'm Hugh Ford. I'm Rachel Nemeth. And I'm Tom Canning, and welcome to episode 56 of the Real Reading Podcast. We're back after a short break. Um, We haven't been anywhere, just... Oh, you have, haven't you? Where have you been? I went to Sicily. Oh, that's silly. It is, yes. Not to be confused with the R's of silly. Which are much nicer. Which are different. I don't think I've ever been to the R's of silly, but I've been to the Isle of Sicily. I have, because we used to go on holiday in the UK, so I've been to the Isles of Scilly. Have you? Yes. It's very fun when you're a kid we and you been... realise... Yes, oh yes. Mm. When you realise there's an island called Scilly. So silly. So silly. Um, no uh, interview again this week, um, just because I'm still away and it's a bit time consuming and blah, 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 blah. You don't need to know about that, dear listener. Um, We've got all the usual features, though, including Fact of the Week, which is now Rachel's little baby. That's mine. She has two babies, one a real baby, one a metaphorical baby. Um, and Ford Explains It All, which is about this week, Hugh. How apparently brilliant How apparently brilliant Reading is for first-time buyers. We're going to discuss whether this is, <laughs> this is accurate or not. Uh, you can check out our new podcast website at realreadingpodcast.co.uk. Um, in the meantime, um, here is Jeremy with how you can get in touch with us. Get in touch with the team. Find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email getreading at reachplc.com. Thanks, Jeremy. Um, we had someone comment on our Facebook group, uh, Real Reading Pod- Podcast Facebook group, about how it was lovely that we also always said thanks to Jeremy, even though he was a recorded voice in the ether. It's just Hello, polite, isn't it? He's here. Hi, Jeremy. Morning. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, he, he's got a sore throat this then, morning. So. The eagle-eyed, the eagle-eyed listeners. That makes no sense, but we'll now know what Jeremy looks like because he featured recently in one of our stories, didn't he? Yes, he did. Can you be eagle-eared? Ears of... An eagle. A bat? Bat. Ears of a bat is better. Yes, it was bat-eared. Ears of the the wolf. bat-eared. Yes, bat-eared. Ears of the Wolf, and that's a reference to the 1980s stroke 90s cartoon Brave Star. I don't know if anyone <laughs> oh, yes. watched that. Is that cowboy one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he had eyes, eyes of the Hawk, Brave Ears of the Wolf, Star. Strength of the Bear, and Speed of the Puma. Puma which in English is pronounced Puma. <laughs> but Puma's better. Yeah. Puma. Oh, God, I love little 80s cartoon references. We've got to get them in, haven't we? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, so yes, no. So uh, I just find it polite to just thank him. He came in and spent ten minutes recording some some voiceover for us, and it's just very polite to say um, say thank you. Um, I have an agenda. You have an agenda. I have an agenda. Yes. Right. Um, 
You know, we do this little chatty bit. Well, I have an agenda for this bit today. Sometimes we just fill it with absolute fluff. Today, it is interesting. No fluffing. No fluffing. Um, Question, guys. Do you know why the Oracle is called the Oracle? Because it's a bit of a strange name to call a shopping centre, isn't it, I think? Particularly as there's a company in Reading called Called Oracle. Oracle, yes, exactly. Could be confused. Also, I wonder how many people have gone to go for an interview at Oracle and ended up at The Oracle and vice versa. Write in if you have. Hang on. (laughs) Hang on. I'm a software developer. Why am I at Debenhams? (laughs) Or back in in the original days, Brannigans. Gosh, yes. Ah, yes. Shenanigans. Shenanigans, as it was known as. No, right, was it? Okay. And what was the other one? Barmed. Oh, that was a good med. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Med. yeah. Anyway, um, do you know why the Oracle is called no. the Oracle? I assume you're going to tell us that there's some reason. No, I was hoping you knew. But, no, I don't know the answer. Oh, okay. But <laughs> I, I always like to think that they give shopping centres like really majestic. Yes. Sounding the Oracle, the lexicon. Exactly. Yes. Festival place. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't really work quite oh. so well, does it? Basic Stoke, yeah, Mr. Beat there. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't it's like nightclubs as well. They always have like really fusion. <laughs> fusion. Sounds like a nice restaurant. Bad nightclubs are always called fusion. What was what were they? It was a big chain of them, wasn't it? What were they called? Um, it's one in Kingston. Liquid. Liquid. Oh yeah, Liquid. Was liquid. One. I've been to Liquid in what, Basic what was the other, What was the other one? Um, liquid and oh, I can't remember now. It's a long time ago. Um, no, so anyway, yes. Do you know why the Oracle is called the Oracle? I've asked this three times. Yes. I'm not going to say it again. Hugh the does. The Oracle is the fountain of all shoppingness. No? No, no. it is not. Okay. It is because, it is because, uh, and I'll come on to why I want to talk about this, but it's because the original Reading Workhouse was on the site, on part of the site, of where the Oracle is built. We had a workhouse. We had a workhouse. So the reason that I suddenly started being interested in what workhouses were and why, where they were and where Reddings was, was because I was watching an episode of the ITV drama Victoria, which you may or may not have seen. You don't. It's not a prerequisite to have watched it to understand this podcast. But they were talking about workhouses and the poor and, and that kind of thing. And then at the weekend, uh, me and the wife went up to Norfolk on a little bus trip with my mum and dad. We went to see oh, some museums and sweet. stuff. And one of them was Gresson Hall Workhouse and Farm. And it was really quite interesting. And I, and I just got to thinking, well, did because it seemed like this place was out in the middle of nowhere in, in Gresson Hall in, uh, in Norfolk. And I was starting to wonder, well, Reading must have had a workhouse. I wonder where what, it was. What exactly is a workhouse? So a workhouse is basically a place of accommodation and work for the poor. Right. Um, and they would go and basically they would just, as from my from my limited research, and please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, anyone listening in, but they would effectively, there were places for the poor to just go and live and earn a little bit of money, uh, all sort of in the same place, kind of shunted away, I think. So live there... Like in a positive way to give them somewhere comfortable to live, I, or yes. a bad place I think, where I think, they're treated, they're in poverty. And I think the intention probably was to give them some sort of comfort, and you know, but I think probably there was also an element of let's get these guys off the streets. I, you know, the 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 slightly cynical side of me would is sort of thinking um, out of sight, out of mind. Yes, kind yeah. of thing. Let's put them all. Um, 
there's a there's an episode of the incredibly historical historically accurate Downton Abbey where there's a chap in a workhouse and it doesn't look very good. But I realise that's all for dramatic effects and not entirely yeah, uh, accurate. But anyway, um, there's a couple of links to Reading. The, the interesting thing I thought about the workhouse, and again, uh, the Reading workhouse, was that um, it was actually built, It was I think it was opened, or it was the, the idea was started in December 1624, um, and the money was received from the will of wealthy London draper John Kendrick. Now, Kendrick is a name that's... There's a school named Kendrick's Girls' School, I think. Now, yeah. I in the back of my mind... Again, I haven't quite researched, but I, in my mind I'm thinking those two must be linked somewhere along the line. But um, the money was designated for several causes, but the bulk uh, of the of £7,500 £7, was to establish a workhouse, mm-hmm. and which, you know, that suggests to me that it was done for the right reasons, um, to kind of help people. But the interesting thing about the Reading workhouses, I think workhouses are quite... Uh, synonymous with the reign of Queen Victoria and I believe from what I've, what I've read up Reading's workhouse actually closed before Queen Victoria even came to came to power which I think was quite unusual um, but Hugh you knew that Reading, where Reading workhouse was didn't you? Yes you knew, I, you knew why the, why Yes you... I knew I've, I've, I've um, uh, researched it before I think it's possibly in the book of facts as well Yes we did oh. find a fact earlier um, I also have done a piece about the one in Wokingham, I believe, as well, many, okay. many years ago, and I couldn't tell you anything about that. Um, <laughs> but I've definitely written about it. But I could. Uh, I was I was looking at the website workhouses.org.uk, and it does have a list of Berkshire where as workhouses. You do. As I do, you know, uh, I'm on a day off, so it's okay. Like reading. According to this, there was one in Reading, Newbury, Maidenhead, uh, Reading, and Wokingham, Wallingford, Wantage, Windsor. Cookham, East Hampstead in Bracknell, Farringdon, Hungerford, Abingdon, Bradfield, and Cookham, according to that. So, you know, they were quite, um, quite, quite important things. But yes, I just I found it quite interesting. So, what, uh, what about the workhouse? Where, where does the Oracle bit come from? Okay, this is where my knowledge ends. Why was why was the workhouse called the Oracle? I don't it know. It was called the Oracle. Well, it was called. It was called. Yes, it was the. It was or- the Oracle Workhouse. It was. Um, oh, okay. So, according to ah, okay, right. So, I did. Sorry, I did read this, and I have in fact made a mental note. Um, it became known as the Oracle. Uh, the name possibly deriving from Oracle, a violet dye obtained from lichen. Uh, it consisted of rows of workshops around a central courtyard with Kendrick's remodelled house forming the north and east sides. Um, so yes, it was it was sort of for, for clothiers. Um, the site itself uh, was to provide a workhouse for poor clothiers. So it was for a very specific line of work as well, by the sounds of things. Clothiers. Yeah. So I, I think that means like people who make, people who make clothes. clothes. Yes. Um, so there would have been, I guess, you know, sewing machines and and, and all that kind of thing in there, which which ties in actually because later, much later, like in the nineteenth, sorry, twentieth century. Um, there was a, a Burberry factory on that same site. Oh, was there really? As in, as in Burberry that was un- much to their dis- dis- disgust, I'm sure, worn by uh, ch- chavs and football hooligans. Yeah. Can we say chavs? Is that okay? Um, I think it's swung back the other way, though. Yeah, okay. It used to be a very distinguished brand. And yeah. You had a Burberry raincoat with the distinctive yeah, the um, pattern. tartany pattern inside. That was a very expensive coat. Uh, and then it went a bit shabby, but I yeah. think it's gone back the other way a bit. Oh, okay. But my mum used to be a seamstress there. I haven't seen anyone wearing one of those Burberry baseball caps 
synonymous with exactly. with football hooligans for years and years and years and years. Because it's swung back. Yeah. Okay. Quite possibly. Yeah. Yes, they've, they've reclaimed it. I, I doubt we'll be getting that sponsorship money from Burberry anytime soon. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> um, cool. Well, I, yes, it just interested me. And, and on the rare occasion I find something I think is interesting, I like to share it. So. And it wasn't about steam trains. No, next week. So, next or week. non-league football. All right, Ooh, aren't we branching out? I also did go on a steam train at the weekend. Well, there you go. So, you I was did. very happy it's with every that. Weekend. Oh, most people like to get steaming at the weekend, but in your <laughs> world, it's a bit different. <laughs> Absolutely covered in soot because I got too close to it when it went. Boop! <laughs> so, okay, thanks, guys. Uh, time for Rachie's Reading Fact of the Week. of the week. Hey Rach, it's time Hello. for Fact of the Week. Um, what have you got for us this week? I've gone for a chocolate related one. Oh hello, I am hungry. Because we're not far past Easter. Yep. We have a vast amount of chocolate in our house. I've got Easter egg chilling in the fridge. A three year old is meant to eat 20 eggs. But... I think I'm just going to be snaffling things out of that carrier bag when he doesn't notice. So, uh, the fact is that 97% of the world's cocoa plants pass through the International Quarantine Centre at Reading University. Oh. Which just sounded a bit crazy to me. It's quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah. What about the other three? Where did they (laughs) go? Well, I did, I did a bit of Googling yeah. because I didn't really understand what that fact meant, to be honest. It was just <laughs> that there was a lot of chocolate plants in Reading. This is, I, I suspect, started. why Hugh has never done that fact, because it would have meant extra Some research. Yes. Yeah, I only choose ones I know I can talk about <laughs> reading one sentence in the book. Yeah. So, there's a really high demand for cocoa in the world. Yep. Um, apparently 30% of the cocoa plants in the world uh, or the cocoa produce is lost due to diseased plants and things. So the plants are sort of started off, I think, at this quarantine centre. They sit there for two years in the quarantine centre to make sure that they are okay. And then once they have been released from quarantine, the plants are sent from Reading off to 20 different places throughout the world where they're um, cocoa plantations, where they're then grown, continue to grow and then produce the cocoa to make the yummy chocolate. So what happened in the two years when they first put it in there and there was no cocoa? Because if it's got to sit there for two years, at some point you've got a blank two years where there's no cocoa. Right at the beginning, yeah. Well, you would have had cocoa plants, but they would have been diseased. potentially diseased. Ooh. So now they can kind of—I can't remember what the germ is, something rather where they can sort yeah. of control it. And I see. Maybe I don't know whether they work with the types of pollination and things. I don't know. Okay. But they make sure they're healthy plants and that the chocolate keeps coming. Is that still going on today? Yeah. Wow. Where? Did- I don't know what it's part of the university, but I don't know if it's that. Haven't they got quite a lot of agriculture bits at Sonning? Is it there or is it up at the? Couldn't tell you. White nights at the actual campus. More questions than answers, really. If anybody yeah. would like to tell us, we would love choc- to hear from you. Cocoa experts out there. Yes. Well, that means that people in Reading who are responsible 
for most of the world's chocolate produce. That's why it always tastes fresher in Reading. It is, isn't it? Much like the Guinness in Dublin, <laughs> it's why chocolate always tastes better in Reading. Reading, the chocolate capital of yes. exactly. cocoa. Who knew? Why don't we? This should be on signs. Who knew? The cocoa capital. Yeah. Forget the Abbey and the jail. Cocoa capital of the world. Mm. We've got biscuits. Yes. See, now maybe that makes sense chocolate because of the biscuits, biscuits. And then maybe the cocoa was here because the biscuits. I don't know. I am speculating wildly, as we say. Thanks, Rach. That was very interesting. Thank you very much. I don't even mean that patronisingly. Right, good. You Um, took me on the head as you said it. Sorry about that. Well done. Well done, you. Um, If you've got a fact for us that we've not yet covered, um, please send us a tweet at RealReadingPod with it and we'll get Rachel to look into it. Twitter, I mean, and the fact. Anyway, um, thanks guys. End of part one. In part two, we will join Hugh for Fort Explains It All. Mrs. Fort explains it all. Welcome to part two. Hugh, you are talking to us about first-time buyers, of which I am still one. I've only bought one house. I am two. Yes, I've only bought one house. Right, you are, bought. You not, are you not the only a first-time buyer sort of as you're buying it? I'm sure, I think I think it's a title you hold until you become a second time buyer. Surely, like a medal. I've got a certificate and a yeah, and a belt. So oh. if you live in one house, do what old people do and live in the same house for your entire life. I'd love to. I'd love to do that. I'd love to do that. Gradually, as I get richer and richer, just buy up the whole street and expand my house into theirs. Turn it into Lord Canning Canning Town. Oh, sadly, someone's already done that. (laughs) Lord Canning of Southcote. The the Baron. The Land Baron. Baron. You could call me the Baron Baron Canning. Baron Canning's got a ring. I'd like to, they just call it just evil. I'd just be known as Baron Baron. Canning and his reforms. (laughs) (laughs) My land reforms. Um, (laughs) Yes, uh, Hugh, so first time buyers. Um, what have I written down here? Absolutely nothing. Um, talk to us. <coughs> yes. What's happened? Why, why are first-time buyers in the uh, news? Well, there was a story in the Sunday Times which declared Reading to be the best place for first-time buyers in the country. Right. Which raised a few eyebrows in the Get Reading Towers. I did read this. I did read the Times article. And I thought it was about... Uh, the sort of the amenities, the the transport links, all of that sort of thing. Yes. I'm guessing from your tone of voice that is not the case. No, that is the case. Right. That's why it is rate has raised eyebrows because right. while that is true, transport links, um, things to do. They talk about the Oracle, how great the Oracle is. They talk about the university being very good, lots of places to eat and drink, and all that sort of stuff. And all, lots of culture. It doesn't, as far as I'm aware, it doesn't really talk about how, you know, it, it assumes, you know, it mentions that the, the average house price in Reading is up £406,000, which wow. from, actually, from what the figures I see, that seems a bit high. Um, I don't think it's quite as high as that. I think it, it the ones I see have it more as sort of 330 a mere, <laughs> 330 <laughs> to 350 
Um, I could be wrong, but I don't know what source the Sunday Times has used, but I would say that's a bit high from why I, I write quite a bit about property and look at this stuff quite a lot. So, so in a house, so if we if, let's go midway then yeah. between Hugh and the Times, so let's assume three seven five, yeah, average house price. That's average house price. It's been so. a while since I bought my house, so what kind of a deposit would a person need? To put down on a house of that price. I mean, is it ten percent of your now? salary plus all the legal fees? Yeah, so you're looking at about forty grand as a deposit. Are we maybe more forty five? And that's grand. Ba- that barely makes even a dent. Yeah, and so, so if, say if you're a first time buyer, what are you a, a childless couple? Is that quite possibly? It's, so yeah. you've got to you've got to have a deposit of fifteen. More than 15, what's half of 37 and... uh, (laughs) (laughs) 18 and a half. Yeah, 18 grand each. Wow. Is that right? And then then you've got to have a a salary enough to to be able to pay the the mortgage payments on on that, which is sturdy. Um, I I wouldn't know what it is, but it's it's sturdy getting getting towards £1,000 a month. More than that, I'd imagine. It's so, let's face it; it's a lot. It's a lot of money, and I know people in Reading are generally well paid. Um, but it's it's the saving, isn't it? You're well paid because the cost of living is high, and so you've <laughs> got to have all this money kicking around to be able to buy a buy a house. I'm sure it's lovely. It is undoubtedly a nice place to live. But talk about you know. If, you can be a bit negative you talk about you know there's, they talk about great leisure facilities you know there's no Lido Lido yes yeah, it did, it did yeah. these are all very kind of as we put this to people on Facebook um, and there, there were sort of a few kind of sneering things about things like the Lido and the Lido is lovely but people were saying it's, you know, it's incredibly sort of middle class um, place to go you know outdoor swimming pool blah 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 um, and you know, in terms of sort of your more basic swimming pools, there, yeah. there, there aren't. There, as it stands, there's River Mead. There's a, is, there's a posh one not, and a temporary one, and that's it. Really. Yeah, yeah. And um, this has been the case for a while. And when they were were pools, they were very, both very old and decrepit. I'm not going to go into the, the situation with regards to Arthur Hill because I, <laughs> I don't want to enter that particular. We have done it before. We so have done okay. it before. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's not it's it's a good town. There's lots of stuff to do, but there, there's there are things that it needs doing to it. And there's obviously the, the traffic and air quality issue, which we've discussed at length. Um, and but the main thing is. That keeps come that I keep coming back to with this this thing from the Sunday Times is how can it be a great place for first time buyers when buying for the first time is so expensive? Yeah, it you know it instantly. Anyone who's a not even a low earner but a kind of almost average earner. So if you were planning like a, to, so, so you've got a job, you, you and your partner have a job in London, yeah. you're both earning fifty grand a year, so. And you're happy to do the half yeah. hour commute to Paddington or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, great. Great, probably. yeah. That gets great. old. Get a flat, get a bit nice flat in the town centre. There's plenty of them. flat 
one bedroom flat here would be 250 maybe yeah, yeah. in the center of london you'd be looking at two or three times that yeah. so for that scenario Absolutely, that is correct. And I guess that's probably what it's looking at is because it's, you know, I'm not going to be one of those people who says London centric media and stuff like that, but that's probably what it's looking at, isn't it? It's it's looking at people. Who live in who live and are paying exorbitant prices in London and read the sun, read the, and, yeah. and read the Sunday <laughs> Times are not being funny, but that 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 paper has a certain demographic, doesn't it? Um, yes. And the, the the sort of gist of it is this is a great town to be a first time buyer in. But yeah. the, the 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 caveat is if you can afford it. Yeah. And there are there are you know you can get there are some places you can get for less than 200 grand in Reading but they're tiny and it's a, it's not it's it's leasehold schemes yeah. and stuff like that and part ownership and stuff like that you can get on the ladder but it's a very low rung of the ladder isn't it? it's um, it's then difficult to get or you then get into that other loop which I know people who are where you don't want to be living at home anymore because you're that bit older but yeah. So you move out into mm. rented, but then the rent is so high. Yeah, you can't, that you can't be you. saving that yeah. forty grand that you need to actually buy a house. And yeah. of course the one thing you said there as well was you and your partner you know not everybody has a partner true exactly so, yeah, if you're on your own yeah, you're absolutely stuffed I'm aren't not, you really you know I'm not going to deny that we can only do it with help yeah. from, the, from the family which is fairly common yeah. in this part of the world it's not unique but yeah yeah absolutely same here we, if we weren't we weren't able to save up if we had nothing if we just had the money we have from work, from work yeah. to save up 200 yeah you know, any money, anything a month can take years and years and years. And like you say, if you're renting, um, it's very difficult. The, the the people I know who rent out their houses, their mortgage payments compared to how much they get receiving rent is, is, <laughs> is extraordinary. It's, it's, I do genuinely think that, I mean, we three are of similar certain age, kind of mid to late 30s. Yeah. Um, I'm very mid 30s. I'm holding on to 30. <laughs> but I would think that people of our kind of age are probably some of the last yeah. generation where it was achievable that when I bought my house. Mm. I mean, my second house. I mean, we. Right? No, you've I, got two no, houses. No, you, what? I realised how that sounds. <laughs> yeah. I do not have two houses. I bought one, sold it. She lives in one, her husband lives one. in the other. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be the right <laughs> deal? You have a little door. Through, yes. So can, can I come in? No. Occasionally. <laughs> um, yeah, but after about, I reckon, eight, ten yeah. years ago, it got very difficult. I, and I could only do it with the second house. Um, I only could do it, buy a house on my own because it was an absolute renovation project. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I couldn't have lived in it. Yeah. No. How it, well, that's how the way to do I it, but it. I had exactly Let me the tell same. you, you have to be a certain certain type of person to to, uh, to take on a renovation project. you're not are you I'm not no, no. although was, yeah it we didn't really break us I, I did exactly the same thing and I was I was lucky enough to get an absolute steal mm. uh, at also a time where the house prices were as low as they have been for, for some time but yeah you did very well it, um, it yeah, you're an example I always use. <laughs> of not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. It's, um, it's it's incredibly hard work, and you end up falling out with family members at times because everybody's stressed. And, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And for the bag of 
money that you'll get at the end of it always. I did it makes think a my lot dad sense. wasn't going to speak to me for yeah, quite some time yeah. afterwards. Me, me and my parents did have the odd words at times. It wasn't great. I think the other point is, is, is it is incredibly not only expensive but competitive. We failed with bids on houses six times. We really? Are, the house we got was the seventh attempt we wow. had. Um, and it's because we were looking for a certain price range yeah. and we were up against people who, who were in that price range but had more capital than we yeah. did. And so yeah. we would bid X amount so I think, and they would bid X more yeah. and we couldn't match that. But they, they, they were... They had more money to play with, essentially, and um, we were just lucky to find our house. We did, and fortunately, no one else had seen it. Yes, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we it. yes make it ours. Well, give, please give it to us. Yeah. It probably people probably saw that it was next to the M4 and thought, nah, yeah, that was all right, wasn't it? Yeah, it's okay. It's Some the people A4. might see that as a benefit, depending on where you're going. Yes, commute on the M4. Certainly was for you. Your office was the other side of the M4, so it was all right. It for was. You. It was great for me. Yeah, and then we moved to Reading. Um, but but what well, the final thing is that they talk about things like cross rail and stuff like that, which is obviously has an enormous benefit on it once you do eventually once you when yeah if it ever gets done um, once you do own it's going to cause yeah. a nice little nice little increase in in the value of property around here and make that. And imagine what it'll do is it'll attract more people who work in London to, yeah. to Reading and again there's another argument about whether people who already live here are getting priced out and yeah. the concept of gentrification which is something we're going to be looking into over the only next few weeks beneficial for things like that if if, if if I wanted to upsize if I make loads of money on my house where Crossrail comes in great yeah. And if I was like, right, we want to move to a bigger house with another bedroom yeah. and driveway and da 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 da, that next house is also yes, exactly. Value. You're yeah. only going to be able you're only going to be able to do I'm that if you move price. further away from Reading. Yeah, yes, that's the only way you're going to really build. Because my other half's family live in Lincolnshire, right. so if we sold our tiny terraced house mm. and they could go and live in a mansion in, in, yeah. we could literally buy a small holding like a farm house <laughs> yeah, five bed, yeah. Yeah. And, it's cra- and probably be mortgage free <laughs> <laughs> you know, my sister lives <laughs> my sister lives in a house in Manchester and the size of it compared to the house I own and the price of it compared to the house that I own it's just mm. it's incredible it's yeah, Manchester she's just outside the city Really cool up and coming place, Manchester. brilliant place. But the, ha- the property prices, just because you're not, you know, close to London, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's unbelievable. But yeah, this to conclude, this story is, and certainly the read the, the comments on that we we put on, go on Facebook and um, sort of say the general message is yes, Reading is a nice place to live and it's got some good things. It's not perfect, and uh, people moan about. Things like traffic and the lack of swimming pools, oh, you surprise stuff me. like that. <laughs> uh, but it's not easy to. It's it, it can't be a good place for first time buyers because of the cost and how difficult it is to get onto the ladder. Um, and this this whole article is sort of assumes that that once you live here, it's great. But to to be able to own here is incredibly difficult, and it's probably why it's actually the criteria that's being used. Should probably be to look at it with 
with a stronger focus on how easy it is to buy and I'm sure if they did look at that there'd be much, there'd be other places which aren't called <laughs> Reading <laughs> in, in other parts of the country thanks you um, okay. that was great uh, random question time the random question Rachel's random question Marg is here <coughs> It's not Rachel's random question, is it? It's, it's just not, the random it's question. I've got confused with the. Uh... Oh, uh, first gig you went to in Reading. Oh wow! You you're even <laughs> going to have one? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I might be able to take part in this one, but can I? <gasps> Mine would have been at Rivermead, I think, in mm. Reading. Yes. Yes. I think my first ever proper gig was actually Oasis at Nebworth. Right. In nineteen. 19- Wow, that's a cool one. Yes, that's great. It's pretty awesome, isn't it? I had that on video. Reading was Rivermead. Yes. Uh, And I think it was the Manning Street Preachers. Oh, wow. Which is also pretty good. That's pretty cool. So we'll do first ever gig and first Reading gig. Let's do that. So you've done done that. I've done mine. What have you got here? What was it? What was it like seeing? Was it? <laughs> no. Was it like seeing the Mannix? Uh, no, sorry. Was it the Mannix at Rivermead? What was that like? Yeah, I'm trying to think because I was it saw, in the big hall. Was it before was a that? Unfor- time where there was some really quite big acts. Yeah, they're so the I prodigy. Saw the didn't Mannix. They? I went to the prodigy as well. Oh, that was incredible. Yeah. A bit yeah. scary. It was but a bit incredible. mental. Yeah. Um, I think Robbie Williams played there. Really? That, I didn't go to that one, but he was. One of my favourite stories about gigs at Rivermead was Charles Watts, the former Reading FC reporter, not the Rolling Stones drummer, just a glass of wine. I'll tell you a little story about him being mixed up with Charlie Watts a few times. Um, but he lost his shoe watching Reef at, the, um, at Rivermead. Um, and he also used to get tweets from mad Rolling Stones fans saying how much they loved him even though he was a local local news football (laughs) reporter rather than a drummer now works for goal.com covering the Arsenal he does yes and still there's a road in um, where is it I can't remember I've driven past it and I assume it's where the actual Charles Watts comes from it's called Charles Watts Way Ah. And I can't remember where it is. Charles Watts Way, as in Charles Watts the drummer. We you'd assume so. Yes. That we don't think it's, we don't think it's, it's our, our former employee. Oh, okay. Although he is very popular. Um, <laughs> very nice man. Anyway, to, to go back. Where's first yours? Gig. My first my first gig was Reading Festival right. in two thousand and. Five, That's quite I think. Low. Yeah, I, yeah. I, it will surprise you to know I'm not a big gigger. Yeah. I think I've only ever <laughs> been to three, three gigs. Um, I saw Pulp, oh, very good. Wow. I saw a band called The Strokes. Yeah. Heard of them? They're very yes. good. Yeah. Um, They're all right. And uh, the only other band I could remember, Weezer. Oh yes, yeah. And uh, the Mouldy Peaches, a band. Oh, I don't know. Them. I remember them because they had a very funny song. They were a kind of comedy band. They were on. Right. They were on. With, uh, they were basically playing when I arrived. Uh, I went for the day, only got a day ticket in the days where you could rock up on the day and get yeah. a ticket. Um, but I stayed overnight after we got absolutely soaked watching Pulp and the, the field turned into a sort of bog. We I assume this was rain. rain. Yes. Right. Everyone sort of started slipping over when they were trying to <laughs> jump up and down to Pulp. <laughs> and instead of going home afterwards, I thought, you know, well, I'll stay here with my mates. And then they all went to bed. 
went to bed and I ended up staying in this massive freezing cold <laughs> scout tent that someone had bought with <laughs> one other person like basically lying on the floor <laughs> soaked to the skin because I don't have any other clothes and oh, no. I think at about two o'clock I thought you know I've had enough of this and just got up walked out of the site and got a taxi home to Burfield <laughs> dried, cleaned up and dried off Mom, that was my festival experience did you say never again? I didn't say never again, but I haven't ever been again. <laughs> uh, it's largely because I'm. I, well, I I love the uh, the weekend of the festival because of the kind of how fun it is. Yeah. I've got no real interest in in going to watch live music. Apart from, I've been twice to see Iron Maiden at the O2, <laughs> which is amazing. I recommend everyone goes and see who how who I'd recommend not going to see Iron Maiden to my dad <laughs> because it's so much fun and it's. If anyone appreciates music done well, they should go and watch Iron Maiden because <laughs> these guys are serious pros. <laughs> Even if you might not necessarily like the type of music. It would be a heavy metal yeah, band. of course it is. It's metal, isn't it? My first, my first gig at the age of thirty-five, and I came out with my thirty-five. <laughs> yeah, I came out with unable to. My left leg, my left knee had gone completely stiff. <laughs> and, uh, and Did I, you take your walking stick? No, no, no. There were a lot of people there who were a lot older than me. Let me wow. tell you, but also people there are a lot younger than me as well. They're proper like children there with their parents. Rocking out. Rocking out to, to the to the lie. maiden. Never Have you? It wasn't my first. No. Oh. No. I've just remembered. I'm, I'm ashamed I forgot really. Oh dear. Uh, was it Take That at Wembley Arena? No, it was at Wembley Stadium. Oh. And it was MJ's Dangerous Tour <sighs> when I was about 11. Oh wow. It was good. <laughs> really good. Did I know you... he's a controversial yes, singer. For reasons. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah, I can imagine at the time it yeah. was amazing. Eleven years old. Yeah, there was Slightly none of the scandal tarnished. at that time. Yeah. So it was Slightly just tarnished brilliant. by what's come out. <laughs> How long ago was that? That was Well yeah, I think I was about eleven. So around nineteen ninety. Wow. Wowzers. God dear. That was a show, I imagine. That was a show. I shall finish up with mine. Uh, my first gig was, I think I went to see Bon Jovi at Milton Obviously. Keynes Bowl. Milton Keynes Bowl, that was awesome. Um, and my first Reading gig, I think, was scouting for girls at Rivermead. I just, I put money <laughs> yeah. on those two bands. <laughs> uh, they were amazing. They were absolutely brilliant. And I know everybody will be rolling their eyes at me right now, but it was brilliant. Was there anyone else there? Yeah, oh yeah, it was packed. It was, was packed it? out. Absolutely packed you? out. I'm sure you were there, weren't you? No. You, you like no way. I'd never go and yeah. see them. God. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. That was a lot of fun. Um, we will be back next week, I think. Because, yeah, we will be. We'll be back next week. Don't you worry about that. We'll be yeah. Fine. We'll find, we'll find some time. Find a way. We'll find a way. Um, in the meantime, here is Jeremy. We, we've put a lot of questions out there today. If you, if you would like to respond to us or get in touch, here's Jeremy with How You Can. If you enjoy our prattlings about Reading, and if you've come this far, we assume you must be, please hit subscribe on your podcast app to get the latest episode every Monday morning. You can find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email getreading at reachplc.com. 
Thanks, Jeremy. Um, yes, I think there's there's going to be quite a lot of corrections perhaps yes. next week. Our questions are all from a chronic <laughs> lack of research. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the listeners didn't come here for the for the correct research, did they? They no. came I here. I looked for... at the Coco Quarantine website. Yes. In, my defense. in fairness, Rachel did actually do some research. It's important to raise questions. Yes. Get, get people in. Yeah. Interacting. You've got to get involved, haven't you? That's that's, you know. that's our that's our thing. So. Um, if you know anyone who you think would be great to interview for the podcast, we will be doing interviews again um, as soon as we can. Um, please do let us know. The only prerequisite is that they must live or work in the town. And most importantly, they must love Reading. Um, that is all for now. We will see you in a week. Bye. Bye. You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. Apparently, live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down the toilet is not a, not, not a very good idea. Did you ever watch that program, uh, Hunted on Channel yes. 4? Yes, that's brilliant. Did you brilliant. see the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him at the funny Yes, that was brilliant.